0: we have a podcast diving diving deep, deep diving deep into all things texas both on and off the field here's sean pendergast and pro football hall of famer the general Sean mcclain welcome, welcome to Utopia.
1: john let's do our four stock up and four stock down and then go celebrate this victory uh four things that went went well today four things that Need improvement. We do four stock up and four stock down after each Texans game. And John, as always, you go first.
2: Obviously, I should say CJ Stroud, but I'll keep him for you. Darry Wally, who was an undrafted free agent here, got cut. I don't know where he went. Came back last year. He was one of the featured backs with Royce Freeman and and uh uh Rex, Rex bleeping, bleeping burkhead. And uh, I didn't even know if he'd make the team this year. He's the fourth back. Now I guess he I guess he played soccer at some point.
1: He did. He mentioned that on the post game. Yeah.
2: And uh, did he play in high school college as a kid growing up?
1: We, we didn't do a deep dive on his soccer career because we only had five minutes with him.
2: Well, he looks he lo- he looks like he knew what he was doing. His first kickoff was great. yeah and uh, but for him to go out, kick a 29 yard field goal under that kind of pressure in that kind of game. That was just unbelievable. One, that's one of the most amazing things I've seen in my career. I've seen other players throw for over 500 yards, five touchdowns. I've seen that. But I've never seen a four-string running back being active by an act of God and in coming in in a pressure situation, connecting on that field goal. I'm going him four-stock up my number one.
1: Yeah, that's a great one. D'Amico called him the player of the game. He called yep. him the player of the game in the post-game press conference. Definitely the definitely the coolest story of the game for sure. You know, there there were some Herculean performances today from some people uh, in that passing game. So if you're gonna leave him for me, John, I'll go ahead and use CJ Stroud as the <clears throat> second stock up, and that's an easy one. 470 yards passing, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, like a lot of the guys on the team today, I thought he I like the way he I like the way John he recovered from kind of a, an up and down, an uneven first half I'll call it, you know, where he he missed some throws that he would probably like to have back. Um but I think coming back from the performance he had last week where he had a lot of passes batted down, <clears throat> um wasn't able to get the offense really out of first gear, only threw for 140 yards. Uh that that CJ bounced back from that performance last week. You know that he didn't let the Carolina Panthers beat him twice as they like to say. You know what I mean? Um that, that he came back with a vengeance this week. Um, and that these guys, man, they just believe in him. Boy, when Dari was in here, we asked him about CJ and he lights up, you know, like it's just is something else to to watch a group of guys. And Dari's been in the league for a long time. He was in camp with the Texans in 2017. So he's been around a while. It's really wild to me to see these guys, all of whom are older than CJ Stroud, just the, the respect that they have for him and the way he handles himself in a room full of men is, uh, is, is really remarkable.
2: You know, uh, they should be preparing that extension right now. And don't include a, no trade clause. Yeah. Another thing I liked about Strauss is he's just so he's so cool and calm. You know, yeah. he's got flushed out of the pocket a lot. He had to throw on the run. He was, as you say, he was off target on some in the first half. I think he ended up getting hit like six times. They had nine tackles for losses. And they only had three sacks. One was definitely his fault because he held it too long. Yeah. And another one was on a blitz right up the middle, in which their linebacker, Devin White, wasn't touched by anybody. And the back went out on a pass route. So I thought he can take a lick in and he can keep on taking, and it doesn't matter what the situation is. And I'll bet you, you know, he talked to Tom Brady because they're all buddies with Michael Rubin from Fanatics and – I wonder if he'll be texting with Brady because, man, that was a Brady-type performance today. No
1: doubt. Uh, no no doubt about that. Uh, John, what's your next stock up?
2: It's, got, it's It's hard to pick from receivers or tight end Dalton Schultz, but I got to go with Tank Dale because he scored two touchdowns and he caught the game winning touchdown pass in which the coverage was zoned and he still got open and he caught it earlier. He dropped a deep ball down the left side. He should have held it and Stroud didn't hold it against him. He came back to him and for him to get open in that situation and catch his second touchdown pass to win the game, uh, that was extra special, especially for a rookie.
1: Yeah, John, they, I mean, they put a lot of people on notice today, man. You know, this is a little like that Jacksonville game where Tank had the big game, but there, there seems to be something about the connection between those two guys, uh, between siege. Obviously they're both rookies, you know, fellow rookies who connected kind of even before they both got drafted here. Um, but man tank is, he's incredible, you know, getting, he's just, he's open all the time. It's incredible that as, as much as we celebrate the, um, the touchdown that won the game, that throw that CJ had on the first touchdown to Tank Dell, holy crap! What a throw that was! Yes, it was. Oh my god, that was that was absolutely uh, that was absolutely amazing. All right, um, as far as my other stock up goes, see, I feel like it's lazy to pick another receiver, like picking Noah Brown. He was incredible. I thought his, <clears throat> I thought his touchdown, John, was in retrospect, maybe the most important touchdown because it did kind of give the Texans.
2: Absolutely.
1: It, it gave them a shot of injection, but I think it also allowed them to get, like it was a little bit of relief, you know, like, okay, we can do this. We can have big explosive plays. And it's Noah Brown doing it. Who's our third wide receiver, you know, who's replacing Robert Woods theoretically in this offense. So, uh, you know, um, Noah Brown, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give it to uh, to to Dalton Schultz. The 10 catches for the 130 yards, Touchdown on a fourth down play, <clears throat> and the fact that he bounced back from some early adversity in this game, um, where he he had the fumble uh, early on on third down would have been a third down conversion on the first series of downs to keep the chains moving. He fumbles. Um, I turned to whoever was sitting next to me in the press box. I said, "Man, the way this offense has been going, I don't know that Dalton's going to get enough opportunities to make up for the the, the negative effect of that play." <clears throat> you know, fortunately, <clears throat> excuse me. Fortunately, the um, the Texans, I believe, held the Buccaneers to a field goal there on that drive, so they, they held them to three. So it was a win for the defense that Tampa Bay started with the ball in Texans' territory, um, but I was wrong. Dalton had plenty of opportunities to make up for that fumble, and he did. Ten catches for a buck 30 and a, a crucial, crucial touchdown when they needed it on a fourth down play.
2: After catching two passes for five yards at Carolina – Yep. And you had mentioned Noah Brown. What made Brown even more impressive? He had six catches. He was targeted six times. Yep. He's the only player that caught every one of his targets. Schultz caught two of uh, ten of eleven. Tank caught six of eleven.
1: Yeah. John, I'll give you bonus stock up. Lisa Ann, our fantasy football expert, um, critically acclaimed actress as well. Uh, she uh she on our show on Friday. Uh, I, we asked for like some sleepers from the Texans, you know, now with all the injuries and things like that. And she gave out Noah Brown as a sleeper on uh, on Friday on our show.
2: Uh, good one. She knows what she's talking about.
1: He sure does. She sure does. All right, John, let's do four stock down. You go first.
2: Injuries. They lost. First of all, they cut Graylon Arnold. He ought to hold out for more money because you know I they're going to try to resign. He was
1: on the depth chart still this morning, uh, the, on the on the flip card today.
2: I was stunned because he's still from Baylor. I hope it's one of those deals where they told him we're going to bring him back. Then they lose Jimmy Ward. He's got a hamstring. You know, he'll be out a while. Yeah. And then they lose MJ Stewart. He had to be helped off with a shoulder injury. That looks bad. And yeah, so His arm he was, was
1: dangling. He had yeah, the dangling he's going to be
2: out a while. Yeah. And they lose... Uh, as son Ridgway, Khalil Davis just keeps getting better and better. He's a good play. player, John. He's a he good came player. Out he of should have gotten a stock up. You know what?
1: I should have given him a stock up. Khalil Davis has been very, very good.
2: Yeah. Well, they those injuries, they had guys that stepped up. Sheldon Rankins already didn't play. Son Ridgeway went out. And Big Heine and uh and Khalil Davis had to play with Malik Collins. And I just think all the injuries—John Mechie, Jake Hansen—they had a lot of guys were out, and it didn't matter. Well, it mattered on defense because their defense was terrible today. But uh, boy, they still didn't let it get them down. So I'll say injuries was the stock down because they had so many, but they were able to overcome them.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go stock down. You mentioned you yeah, the injuries. I mean, I'm just counting up the bodies, John. You mentioned Ward, MJ Stewart, Hassan Ridgeway. Jake Hansen, John Mechie, Kaimi Fairbairn, they all left the game with injuries today, too. Mechie had a rib. I think Hansen had a hand. Um, Kaimi Fairbairn obviously dealing with a leg issue. So, this was, Domingo said it in the post game press conference. He's like, Man, this, this is a tough one. <laughs> you know, they're they happy to win the game, but this was a tough one as far as health goes for this team right now, for sure.
2: They're going to be looking for kickers. You know that.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, much to the chagrin of uh, replacement kicker, Daria Gumballale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. He said afterwards, like, no, nah, this is, I'm the emergency kicker. Um, I am going to go stock down. I, I'm going to, I'm going to put the face of this. I'm going to put Henry Toa Toa on the stock down, but it's probably more of a linebacker issue than anything else. This team continues to give up plays to opposing Great tight point.
2: ends. Great point.
1: Hey, who the hell is Otten, this guy? It, it, was, it was just, just piecing today. Uh, I believe two touchdowns for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and several. Kate Otten. Yeah. I mean, he, he looked, you know, he he's running around in a Buccaneers uniform. You'd think it was Gronk out there with these catches that he's uh, that, that he was making. So I don't know if it's safety's fault or linebacker fault, I just know that the couple of times that Kate Otten got into the end zone or made big catches, it always looked like it was Henry Toa Toa that was the closest one to him. So I'm putting the face of this on Toa Toa, knowing full well that I've not watched any replays of these games yet, and it could fully be somebody else's fault. But the Texans stink at covering tight ends.
2: And that last one was definitely Toa Toa's fault. He was trying to keep up with him, had his back to Mayfield, didn't do a good job at all in uh, that one. Tell you another guy, we're talking about good performance, Christian Harris. Christian Harris. Who didn't play much last week? Came off the bench. Had five tackles. I remember one big one on a run and one big one on a pass.
1: Yeah, he had a pass breakup on a big play. And and he kind of bounced back in the game too because when he was in there early, I forget which drive it was. Uh, it might have been the might have been the uh, the first drive to get a touchdown for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their first touchdown drive. Um, but there was a on one of their drives, um, uh, uh, Rashid White had a catch and Christian Harris just went completely the wrong way trying to tackle him. And it's, he turned it into a 33 yard game. And I was so angry with Christian Harris on that play. And then you're right. He bounced back and he, he was, he, he did some good things that that actually showed up on film around the ball three or four times in the first half of that game, for sure. All right. Who's your next stock down, John?
2: My next one is going to be a grip thing, the run blocking. It's kind of uh, (laughs) monotonous now to talk about how bad they are. It run blocking, but they're bad. Terrible. First half, seven carries, seven yards. I'm looking up, okay. Last year, they actually, I think in a game they had eight. So not, it was not close to a record. And we think it's a big deal because the average four yards of carry in the second half. Uh, but that was 10 from Stroud and 12 from Xavier Hutchinson, I think. Yeah. And uh, But that running game is just terrible. It's awful. And when you've got a rookie quarterback with no running game, most teams with rookie quarterbacks want to run, 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 and run some more, and they can't. And other than that drive down when they were inside the five and slow it caused two runs in a row, I thought overall he realized you, you, you throw the ball and you try to surprise them with a run. I think he threw four touchdown passes on first down, which means they're not running on first down like they usually do.
1: Yeah. I thought Bobby was other than a couple of times down there close that you and I've already talked about where he got a little too cute on first and second down in, in red zone situations. Um, I like the way he called the game. I like that he came out aggressive, throwing the football. He threw, I believe the first four plays were passing plays. Um, Dalton Schultz doesn't fumble who knows maybe they go on a 10 play drive and then eight of them are passes. Uh, so, um, I, overall, I thought it was more positive. Did you give, did you do your report card yet, John?
2: Understand? I did. It's on sports radio, six, Okay.
1: Don't give it all away, but what did you, what did you give the coaching for the Texans in this I game? I gave them an A.
2: You can't win a game like that and not give them an A. If I divided it down between defense, I would have given them an F, but the way it was, I was in a good mood and gave them an A.
1: Yeah. Um, John, for the last stock down, I could do any number of things on defense. It was not a good defensive game for the Texans today. Um. I'm going to I'm gonna go a little off the page here. If you're a fan who was in the stadium today and you walked out and you left with 46 seconds Ooh. to go in this game, uh, I hope that that roar that you heard from inside the stadium as you were walking back to your car or as people who were already out there tailgating or maybe watching on their satellite TVs and things like that, um, I hope that you felt that pain like a piercing stab right in your <laughs> gut, uh, that you weren't there to see one of the most historic wins in Houston Texans history. Ah, uh, so stock down on you if you walked out with forty-five seconds. Oh, ye of little faith in one C.J. Stroud. Um, so that's my stock down. Now, of course, if you are one of those people and you listen to this podcast, we ask that you hit the subscribe button and that you continue to listen to this podcast. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. I just didn't want to be lazy with another defensive stock down. But um, the crowd, I will say this too, John, because this, this does give us an opportunity to give props. Here, I thought the crowd was great today. I mean, it was it wasn't full? You know, I don't know if it was a sellout or not. They um, sold
2: like ninety-eight uh, percent, but you know, ninety-eight percent weren't there.
1: No, no. I mean, it was it was spotty, but it was loud. I mean, it in was. the second half of this game, the Buccaneers had to burn a timeout, and they got a false start. And it was they did it at times where the crowd was at peak level noise. So I, I thought thumbs up, another stock up for the uh, the home the home crowd today. I thought they were great.
2: By the way, John, you call us one of the most historic wins in team history. This is one of the most historic wins in Houston's pro football history.
1: Is it really? You think it is, huh, John? What makes it – I mean, obviously, the comeback with just 40 seconds left, but when you talk about in history, and nobody's got a better grasp of history with football in this city than you, um, what is it that makes this one – I mean, it's week nine of a season where the Texans are four and four. What is it that makes this one – so historic for you? Rookie
2: quarterback, no running game, no kicker, a lot of players going out with injuries. Uh, All the odds are against them. I'd like to see one of those sites that says when the Texans got, when Tampa Bay scored that last touchdown. Win probability? Yeah, the win probably, 99%.
1: Yeah, probably. I can find that actually. Something uh, like that. Keep talking about why this game was so historic, and in fact, and it
2: for the circumstances—the circumstances were so crucial. And you know, as we talked earlier about not having a running game for a rookie quarterback, and they losing all those players on defense, Baker Mayfield—they're making him look like a guy who was the first pick in the draft. And uh, I've seen a lot of great victories in this city's history, and I know about the ones I haven't seen, and this was definitely one of the best in Houston history. A friend of mine with the Titans send me a text tonight it said I watched the Texans game today and uh I'm Tampa's defense left a lot to be desired and I'm just sorry we have to play them two times
1: uh John are you ready according to ESPN's win probability uh when it was first and 10 at the Houston 25 with 45 45 seconds, 40, seconds 46 left. seconds left. Um, what do you think the win probability for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was? It's 98%. 90.8%. That sounds low to me.
2: Yeah. I mean, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So 90.8%. Who knows? Maybe the computers respect CJ Stroud a little more than uh, than, than the, the average person that's does. Most,
2: that's the only thing I can think of because yeah. I thought they were dead in the water.
1: I did, too. I, I did, too. But Tank Dell said after the game, um because we were wondering what did cj say in the huddle and 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 whatnot you know when he was getting in there you know 75 yards ago you have 46 seconds to do it and tank said that he told he told cj told the offensive line basically you just keep me upright and we're gonna make them pay and that's what they did and he made him pay
2: yes he did and how exciting it was now the Bucs have lost four in a row, and they're three and six. Everybody's talking about Todd Bowles going to get fired, may need a new quarterback. That game wasn't Baker Mayfield's fault. No, That was on their defense.
1: Yeah, no, Baker was really good. What were Baker's? I'm I'm pulling up the box score here. I mean, I've got –
2: 278, great rating, two touchdowns, no interception. I I can
1: recite CJ's numbers, uh, chapter and verse. uh, But Baker, yeah, Baker 21 to 30. 265 yards, 8.8 yards per attempt. I mean, that 8.8 yards per attempt is elite. I mean, C.J. was 11.2, which is off the charts. Two touchdowns, no picks, only took two sacks. And 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 Baker was Baker was really good, John, when the Texans got pressure, I thought, for the most part, of being able to kind of navigate the pocket and get rid of the football. Yes, he, he, had the, he had the huge play on fourth down. Actually, if I were to give a stock down, if I were to go back and give a stock down, you know what One I would give? Letting it's, him
2: run for that first down. Letting him run for
1: that first down, but it wasn't that. It was it, it similar to last week's final drive for the Carolina Panthers. Remember, the Texans had the Panthers in a third and 12, and they kind of gave up 10 cheap yards to Adam Thielen on third and 12, setting up the fourth and two that Bryce Young converted. This was much worse. This was third and 23, and they gave up 21 cheap yards, I believe, to Chris Godwin, if I'm not mistaken. And that set up the fourth and two that Baker was able to convert with his legs. And I felt like they did it one other time in this game. Like, they, for whatever reason, this is a very specific complaint by me, but when the Texans get these either sacks or penalties that put the other team in these, like, really adverse down and distance situations, for the last couple of weeks, they've been playing super soft on those third downs, and they're really allowing the other team to get into much more manageable conversion situations. And it almost came back to lose the game for them two consecutive weeks. It did lose the game for them last week because on the very next play after that fourth and two conversion was when Bryce Young hit Chuba Hubbard and got them into field goal range. This one uh was you know, Baker converting the fourth and two, and then they hit the big play to Palmer, which almost ended the game when Tavier Thomas punched the ball out and the ball's rolling around. John, this was a wild, wild game today. This was this was awesome episodic television today. I got this one great. more for you. Yeah, go, let's do it. Go.
2: Todd Balls uh takes his last timeout, so he doesn't have a 10 second runoff. Had he had the 10 second runoff, they would have won again. Yeah, the clock's his friend at that point. The clock, you know, like yeah,
1: yeah. It's uh, you know, man, and then who knows? I mean, the Texans only have 36 seconds instead of 46. Maybe they change the way they're calling their plays, but they would have to change the way they're calling their plays to do things that were probably much, much higher risk, you know, in turn, you you're not able, you're right, with 36 seconds and two timeouts, you're not able to take those two little chippies to Dalton Schultz to get you closer to midfield. You know, and then that leads to they get the Noah Brown catch and run and then they get the uh, they spike the ball and then it's the two plays to tank and it's jackpot after that. No, you're absolutely right, John. That was a very curious decision by Todd Bowles. would love to know. Uh, we'd love to know what they're talking about in Tampa with this, like who they're pointing the finger at with this whole thing. It was not a great day for for Todd Bowles, considering he's has to be their the defense. defense
2: and balls because yeah. he makes yep. the calls.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. They're three and five now and they've lost four in a row, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So. They are teetering, teetering, teetering right now. The Texans are 4-4, four and four, and we'll see uh, their opponent next week, Cincinnati, plays Sunday night. By the time you all are listening to this, that game may be in the books. Um, but, John, this was a great one today. This was a fun one. I admit I violated the no cheering in the press box. I didn't cheer loud, but I did go two hands up like this when Tank Dell scored the touchdown. I did get excited. Omar, if you're listening to this, come and get me. You can cuff me and, uh, and put me on probation.
2: And they are f- finished with the NFC South. They're thank God, two, and two
1: Oh, thank God. And I'm like, oh, they're back in the AFC the rest of the way. Oh no, they still have the random 17th game against the they Arizona have Cardinals. The
2: Falcons. They should have beaten the Panthers. They're so close to being six yeah.
1: yeah, they are. I mean, but they won one today. That you know, like I, this is that's how it goes, John. You know, they're gonna they're, There's this team. There's gonna be five more games like this the rest of the way. that At least to come down to the last possession like this. I. Um, you know, I I don't necessarily feel like they deserve to win either of those games against the Panthers or the Falcons. You know what well, I mean? I don't think they
2: deserved it. I just said they should have.
1: They should, either more All talented than those. Get games.
2: off on one series on defense, and it yeah. turned out to be the last two, and they've still the only teams lost two games with no time left.
1: John, what, uh what do you got going on? So your report card obviously you got Our report on.
2: cards on Sports Radio 610. I've got a column about CJ Stroud and uh what he, what he was able to overcome will be posted early in the morning.
1: Okay. Good stuff, John. We always appreciate that. Enjoyed this one. John, I always enjoy it. And after a win like this, this is fun. We could do this for two hours.
2: <laughs> it's a lot more fun than it is when they lose and games on no time left on field goals. Yep. And I you, feel bad for James, our producer who who yeah. is a diehard Buccaneers fan and he's off tonight because he's at a wedding in Florida and I don't know if he'll ever be able to recover.
1: Yep, yep, poor guy. I I mean, I mean that. I like James a lot, but I'm really glad that his Tampa Bay Buccaneers spit the bit today in the last 46 seconds.
2: Yeah, and a Buccaneers fan. He's got yeah.
1: feeling bad. Duh. Well, I can't wait to see him on Tuesday and break it all down <laughs> with him again. We're John. We just need to. We're just going to do on Tuesday. We're just going to do a whole other episode on this win over the Tampa Bay Bucks. So James has to sit there and just take for it.
2: James. Yeah.
1: Yep. Just for James. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, there we go. Um, big thanks to Jake for producing in for James. Uh, Jake producing the podcast tonight. He's the one making sure that you guys get it in a timely fashion, and I'm sure that will happen. Um, and uh, and of course uh, for Jake and John McClain. Oh, let me remind you, hit the subscribe button. Uh, the uh, subscribe button is the way that you make sure that you get this podcast uh, automatically. You don't have to think about anything after a win like this it just shows up on your device and you listen and uh, we're all happy together. So for Jake and John, I'm Sean. We're out of time. We will see all of you a little later this week. Send us those mailbag questions. mailbag at gmail.com. mailbag at gmail.com. We'll do a mailbag on Tuesday. Until then, Big win by the Texans. Let's enjoy this one and get ready for Cincinnati. Have a great night, everybody.